The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to WandaVision TV Talk. I'm Bo. And I'm Wanda. No, you're Belle. You're oh, Belle, Belle. I'm Belle. <laughs> I thought... Belle, Bo, Belle, 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 Bo. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was my attempt at the WandaVision, one of the WandaVision themes. Ah, yeah, man. Like we, there's, there's, there's many WandaVision themes. There there were, but there's only like a few, in my opinion, good ones. Not not all of them were, were out of the park. Yeah. Well, like, so there, there you know, some of the, the earlier shows, I mean, like, you know, I've, I've seen episodes here and there, but I'm not as familiar with some of the, uh, the shows. I didn't watch a lot of sitcoms growing up. Interesting. So you, so, uh, what was that? Was it a TV land, Nick at night, uh, you know, the, the, the old, old, oldies, but the goodies, you didn't have any of that. I watched the Munsters when it was on, but that was about it. Interesting. So like whenever I went to my grandparents, they would always play, you know, kind of the classic TV shows and have them on in the background. Bewitched, I remember. Uh, that was a big one. I never watched, I, I feel like I watched Dick Van Dyke, but I don't think I ever did watch Dick Van Dyke. I know that we never watched Leave it to Beaver or anything like that, but like the Andy Griffith show and, um, you know, that kind of, that, that kind of, I don't know. We've got a bunch of those like sprinkled in here and there. Yeah. Like I, I, I've seen episodes here and there of, uh, like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie and. Uh, I Dream of Genie. That was one too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Andy Griffith show Green Acres. Oh, that was the place to be. Uh, farm living. That's the life for me. That's right. No, I remember that one. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember the theme song and the Beverly Hillbillies. That was, that was there. Yeah, but see that the Beverly Hillbillies movie had come out, and so I was like, I'd seen the movie, then I was like, oh, Beverly Hillbillies, and like you know, when you're a kid and like you're seeing a show from like the '70s, and then you're seeing a movie from the '90s, and you're right. like, this isn't any good at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's never never an ideal situation to be in the present and go back. But you know what? That's what WandaVision's all about, my friend. It's a love letter to television of yesteryear, and it is the perfect, in my opinion, way to kick off. These Disney Plus series kind of, a, a, you know, taking these concepts from the big screen and taking them to the small screen. It would feel, I would argue, weird if not having WandaVision as kind of like a show within a show meta transition from, you know, Endgame and, and these big Avengers blockbuster movies into literally the smallest of small screens. Disney Plus, you could stream on your phone. I mean, you could do that with Endgame as well. But I mean, like, you know, it's a, it's a streaming series. It's intended for smaller screens. Yeah, it was kind of a neat transition there. It's like there is a structure to Marvel movies and they usually follow that structure. And then this was like really the first sort of property where they kind of went off those rails until, you know, the last couple episodes. And it was really neat to see that difference and like what kind of really interesting stuff you can do in this universe when you have characters like Wanda Maximoff, you know? Yeah, man. Listen, Wanda has always been one of my favorite of the Avengers. I've always felt like it, it's unfortunate that up until now, she really has kind of been kept on the back burner. You know, there was always these talks of like, oh, well, who's the most powerful Avenger? Oh, it's Captain Marvel. Or, oh, it's it's the Hulk. Or, oh, you know, it's Doctor Strange. And I'm sitting back here like, no, 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 no. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> like <laughs> The internet, like Twitter would get in these like battles and everything else. And I feel like the, the minority of voices that were out there we're just kind of sitting back and being like, y'all are sleeping on Wanda. Y'all have no earthly idea who she is. Like she is by far without question, the most powerful Avenger. And I was glad that we actually saw that come to the, you know, to the forefront in Endgame because obviously when all else was going crazy, Wanda showing up was literally the only person that was able to take on Thanos, Captain Marvel with, with some exception coming in at the end. But I mean like Thanos literally had to bombard his entire army just to get her off of him. 
Yeah, she'd have killed him had it not been for the the rain fire thing. Dude, that's the thing. And like what we see, like, and it, I basically feel like WandaVision is an exploration of that moment where, you know, she shows up and like, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. You will. And I mean, like that you will was not just for him. It was for us as well. We are about to uncover <laughs> who this person really is. And not only are we going to uncover, you know, the the depths of Wanda's power, and also obviously through kind of the lens of the depths of her trauma, but we're going to recognize that Wanda is not a traditional hero character. She is, in fact, a villain. Ladies and gentlemen, she's been a villain. She's part like like if you look at the history of the character, this is kind of the child of a mutant terrorist. She herself is not necessarily always been one of the good guys. And I love this exploration of her character to recognize that, you know, while everybody's kind of wrapping around her like, oh, she's a hero. She's an Avenger. We got to save her. Something's going on to her. Like, no, 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 no. She's a villain, man. And this is kind of the the step up into that path of darkness for, for Wanda. Yes, not to say that she's not traumatized and that she doesn't have this pain, but as we know, hurt people hurt people. And that is what this entire series is about. But Bo, it was Agatha all along. Don't you know that? No, I mean, like, uh, that was a great song. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine Hanway, like, like, she's a great actress and, you know, made for a lot of fun as the addition. And I mean, the only thing that's wrong with, like, that song is great. The only thing that kills it is it really wasn't Agatha all along. I mean, yeah, I mean yes and no. Like, I mean, yeah. Wanda- I mean, like, in a trickster kind of way. And, like, uh, you know, keeping, keeping some things going and that sort of deal. But, no, it was Wanda all along. Yeah, because like, I, yeah, Wanda did everything. It's just you know, I, I guess, I guess maybe Agatha was like you know coaxing some things. She wanted to see her true power and like you know absorb it and all that kind of stuff. So it was definitely Wanda who you know first made everything and made the the universe and whatnot and like captured on i guess relatively tortured all these people you know so no yeah i mean that's exactly right she was literally holding them captive and like mentally controlling them and torturing them and i mean like you know they they do kind of this you know pullback of the town it's kind of run down these people don't exactly have like luxurious lives and so she kind of introduced kind of this high fantasy to their world or at least the ones that are close to her because everybody else is just literally frozen mentally and physically in time without any kind of agency over their body or themselves. And on top of that, you learn that, of course, they're feeling her pain. They are being emotionally traumatized in in addition to the emotional trauma that she's putting them through. And so, I, I man, I love this. And I love that they never, like, you know, she got it, like, she got away with it. She got away and ran off to the Bruce Banner cabin at the end of it. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, like, the comeuppance have not come up yet. And I think some people walked away from the series like kind of feeling a little betrayed by that. Like, are we, are we saying that Wanda's, you know, like, like she can just do that. Like, no, 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 no. She, she absolutely can't. The comeuppance are coming. So, so you think this is, this is her like full villain turn. I think that, well, I think that she has done something that is villainous. I don't, you know, so the question of the full villain turn, I think that she, I think, I think the full villain will come in probably Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I think, and you know, and again, I think it's going to be the villain in the sense of, she is going to reach a point where they have to decide whether or not to put her down as was kind of discussed in house of M or if she's going to come to a point where she recognizes kind of like uh, Bucky in, uh, in, in winter soldier that she needs to kind of be put on ice or like, like something needs to happen to her because she, she recognizes the danger she poses to the world. My guess is that's likely to be the scenario, but uh, you know, time will tell. Uh, okay. So, you know, one of the things we need to talk about, man, is is the lens through which a lot of people, including ourselves, watched this as it was coming out week to week. There was so much anticipation for what this show could mean for the universe as a whole. It was the first Disney Plus series. And beyond that, we knew that with titles like the Multiverse of Madness coming out, we knew with, you know, Wanda playing a major role in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie and that sort of thing. We knew that this was going to potentially have those House of M universe rewriting capabilities, you know, implications that go along with, you know, a story like this. And so the theories, the rumors, the, um, you know, wild speculation, it was, it was out there, man. It was to the top, to the roof of them back. And I am not ashamed to say that I was wrong probably 30 times in my <laughs> guesses as to what was to come from this show. But, but what about you, man? I didn't wantonly speculate because I was just really enjoying everyone else's speculations. Oh, it's Mephisto and it's 
and it's going to be this, and it's going to be that. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to watch it and see what they do. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the only thing that I was kind of like like digging into and sort of speculating about was Agatha and what was her character and who was she supposed to be. Or I guess there's so much you could you could extrapolate as other things in this show. And I didn't really do a lot of that. I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's fair. I'm sure you probably actually enjoyed it more for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, perhaps. Not that it was an unenjoyable watch. I mean, it was a. It, I for me, man, this was a fantastic show. Oh yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was wonderful. Like I like I said earlier, I really enjoyed the like imaginative way they sort of built the universe with the TV shows and things like that. Like I thought that was super cool. They they kind of like went back to the formula at the end there um, because. I guess I guess you kind of have to because I guess people weren't expecting like a, you know, like an art film kind of <laughs> moral experience. <laughs> I mean, it was it was wild talking to people I knew who were not as up to date with the MCU. Like they've caught, you know, maybe maybe like, you know, 10 of the movies, but they didn't like, you know, follow all of them and, and that sort of thing. And so they were they were a little lost uh, throughout. But I, I feel like and this was the big benefit of this because this was like the first new television that had come out in so long a lot of people got on board and they were just kind of ready for the ride. And, you know, even if it confused folks, I think for the most part, it was very well received. Uh, now I, I do want to know, man, since you did not watch as many classic television shows, when you, when you did watch this one, was there a certain episode or era rather that really kind of stood out to you? Uh, I mean, you know, like I, I haven't, I wasn't, you know, like a diehard watcher of those old things, but like, you know, you could, you could always pick up on the tropes, right? I mean, they're all pretty common across those shows or those different areas. And so I wouldn't say there's one in particular, although it was kind of funny to me because I don't really watch a lot of sitcoms just to begin with when they started getting into the modern era. And I still didn't really know what's going on because I don't really watch a lot of those talk to the camera sitcoms. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> so, right. Like, you know, obviously I'm aware of them and, you know, there's there's tropes everywhere and stuff. But like it, nothing was like, oh, it's, you know, it's I, this was my favorite show growing up and they're doing an homage to that. It was more like, hey, yeah, you know, I, that reminds me of this. OK. All right. Fair enough. For me, man, it's the classics. I, I think the first two episodes in particular, uh, I just, I love them. I, I love the kind of the black and white nature to them. I love the very dated, you know, leave it to beaver-esque kind of world that uh, they were living in. And especially just the intros into those with kind of the theme music and, you know, the way all that was staged. The, the WandaVision, WandaVision. That one in particular always sticks out in my head as kind of the Bewitched style cartoon comes in. And I also, there's just an eeriness in those episodes in particular where you really get the sense that something is very wrong and it is very deep under the surface at this point. Like it becomes more and more, you know, surface level as, as the series goes on. But when, you know, you know, at the dinner table in the first episode, when, you know, the wife uh, of the, the boss is like saying, you know, stop it, stop it, stop it. And he's, you know, the boss is dying there on the floor and Wanda has to break character and tell Vision to save him. There's just this very deep pain that's going on. And at that point in the series, we didn't know what it is, which is great to kind of go back and rewatch this on the whole. Now let's talk about vision here. Okay. So a lot of the criticism that we see kind of thrown at, you know, the superhero genre is that when a character dies, it's only a temporary thing that no hero is truly dead forever. Everybody always eventually comes back. Now the MCU for the most part, up until now, I believe, has been pretty good about keeping dead heroes dead, Gamora notwithstanding. My question, Bell, <laughs> how do you feel about this pseudo-resurrection for Vision? Uh, I mean, it, it it fits the comics. I mean, this, this same kind of thing happened, or a similar sort of thing happened in the comic. I really liked Vision. I liked him in Age of Ultron. I liked him in Civil War and... I think those are the only two movies I think he was featured in before he was killed. Well, you know, in, in, in Infinity War. But, you know, he was pretty much out of action the entirety of Infinity War. And yeah, like, I, I really like Vision's character. I like Paul Bettany. I think he plays this, you know, android dude guy really well. I liked his chemistry with Wanda. And when he died and, you know, he turns gray at the end of Infinity War. And I'm like, they're going to do this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> But that was one of those things where, like, what are they, like, what are they, like, if they undo the snap, which I'm assuming they're going to do in Endgame, you know, that's my thinking uh, at the end of Infinity War, um, he didn't get snapped. He got killed by Thanos. Right. So, like, he's not coming back. So, he's been in three films, one of which he was mostly out of action, 
And that's been about it. And so, you know, when I heard about WandaVision, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. Like, how is that going to work? And I, I thought it was a really neat way to sort of reintroduce the character. It's basically, you know, Wanda's connection with the um, the Mind Stone, because that, that's what gave her her power. Right. Is, is what allowed her to build this construct of him. And then you have the what what are the what do they call white vision white vision yeah <laughs> uh i thought it was cataract yeah sword see. project cataract cataract was a sword project led by tyler hayward then uh in order to reactivate vision okay yeah well there you go yeah, um yeah, yeah. basically using the, the 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 memories of him with this new, you know, dead body that they rebuilt will allow them, you know, it, it was a really neat way to kind of bring him back and sort of also kind of tone his powers down because like, let's face it, like mm. they, they, they had to have him be stabbed by um the, the glaive dude. Yeah. Corvus glaive. Yeah. Corvus glaive. They had to have him stabbed by. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to think like I couldn't remember the na- his name. I couldn't remember the name of his weapon because I knew the name of his weapon was in his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Corvus glaive, like they, they, they had to power him down because I mean, like, it was. It would be really hard to tell that story with Vision at full it power. It was too much. Yeah, you know, Vision, and that's the thing. Vision kind of falls in kind of a power set. Same thing with Captain Marvel, and to some extent, you could argue the same thing with uh, Scarlet Witch, where there's there's kind of a you you require them to be depowered for Scarlet Witch. Up until this point, it was that she didn't know her true power. Uh, yeah. For Vision, he, like you say, he had to get get stabbed by a super space spear in order, in order yeah. to, uh, you know, to for it to kind of fry his circuitry and everything else. For Captain Marvel, you need to keep her out, like taking care of literally the rest of space, uh, so that she can come in and punch a, a you know, the the punch a ship in half. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, it's a party yeah. trick, man. She punches ships in half. She yeah. does it very well. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so like you know now now we have a, a new way to look at Vision in a more interesting way where he's not you know a literal god kind of thing. No, he's a robot. Yeah, like like he's more so than he's ever been. He's a robot. Yeah, yeah. So this will be this will be neat. Like I'm excited to see this new version of Vision. I liked Vision before, and um, this you know version of him where the stakes are higher in every in every encounter that he that he goes in. You know, yeah. will will be way more interesting. And and but you're right though. Like now we have the same issue with Scarlet Witch, where she is beyond. Powerful. Well, that's why she's a villain now. But that see that <laughs> like like they I mean, they've unleashed her, and so therefore now we have to combat her as opposed to like have her solve all the issues and her mental. And this is just a you know this is the case for the character is that her state of mind is always her kryptonite. It is always her weakness. Marvel's done this with other characters as well, like Sentry. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that character. Yeah, Sentry's a cool character. Yeah, so like Superman, like top tier power level type character they introduce, but the dude has split personalities. He has some like severe mental issues. Like he's he's a he is a danger in as as much he is as, as he is also a you know a, a help an aid. So yeah, I think I think we're gonna see something of, of that nature. I, I love the fact, man. Like if you think back to Age of Ultron, um, Wanda first feels like she can she can like feel Vision as a person as like a mental like almost like a um uh, almost like in a like in a soul type of way she's able to feel him once this once the mind stone is there yeah as opposed to ultron who she could never do that with because ultron was just kind of taking you know the basic code i guess that they found within the, the mind stone but he wasn't he was not the mind stone um and so like this this whole ship of perseus deal where the idea is that she is essentially like reincarnated the soul of vision whilst sword has the body of vision and so the soul kind of passes on his memories to an extent we don't really know what the full implications are of that yet but you know no longer is vision you know the the new vision the cataract vision whatever you want to call him no longer is he connected to the mind stone and we still don't even fully know what all he remembers do you think do you think we'll see vision in um doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i don't know like i if we see Wanda, we might see Vision. Um, I, I don't. I, I feel like that needs like we we need like a Wanda Vision kind of movie sort of thing. <laughs> well, we we just kind of got one, but you mean like a follow up here? Yeah, because I mean, like that's the thing is like you know I I was um and, and we're gonna talk about this later I assume, but I was um surprised to see so much Doctor Strange in the Spider Man No Way Home trailer. Hmm. 
we also know, you know, Doctor Strange has his own movie coming out, which I'm sure that those the, the implications of what happens in uh, No Way Home will be a tie into that. And then Quantumania sounds more like Quantum Realm, so possibly not much interaction with other with other Avengers. So, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 would, it would feel kind of interesting to see if, if Wanda shows up as a villain in Multiverse of Madness, um, which, I mean, I, they'll, they'll probably end up doing a multiverse version of her as as opposed to turn our version of Wanda into a villain. If, if I if I had to take a guess, ah, I don't know, man, like she's like reading the, you know, evil death book thing at the end of it. She's trying to resurrect her ghost babies like she's she's about to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like what she did to the city is like a small fraction of what she actually has the capabilities of. And like, you know, I think, you know, we we did not see a self-actualized or like a healed Wanda. We see a remorseful to some extent Wanda, but like she she did not stick around and be like, you know, I need to pay for my crime. She was like, nope, I'm out. And I'm going to go try to resurrect my ghost babies. Like, yeah. She, she was like, she was like, I'm really sorry about all this, but I need to go read this book because there's some really cool stuff in here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. People are speculating even with that trailer. And I mean, this, this kind of plays in here, obviously, because it's, it's all connected. It's all tied together. But as you mentioned, you know, Dr. Strange is very, very heavily in the new Spider-Man trailer. And people are speculating that perhaps we're dealing with an alternate reality version of Strange, that this is some sort of evil Doctor Strange. Or it's Mephisto. Dun, dun, dun. I've seen people actually actually say, like, Mephisto confirmed. Um, Bell, Bell, I've, I've got news for you. Yeah. I'm Mephisto. Ah! <laughs> I had to bring that up because there's all this speculation about Mephisto and WandaVision, and I find it hilarious that, like, people were unironically posting um that picture of a uh, spider-man like walking into the courthouse and like someone's got a poster that's like got, got peter parker with like devil horns and a devil goatee uh-huh. and they're like mephisto confirmed <laughs> <laughs> i mean look to to the internet's credit and uh, what a weird thing to say to, to the, <laughs> but i mean like no mephisto is tied to wanda's kids mephisto is tied to one more day which is the story from you know that spider-man is is kind of pseudo adapting here at least pulling from it's what it feels like right yeah yeah like uh, we knew kang right like we knew that kang was going to be a thing with everything going on in loki and quantumania and yada 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 and we'll get to all those things in the future i'm sure but like you know and then kang was a thing and so here it felt okay let's just talk about it mephisto was not revealed to be involved at all with this. Correct. Did that bother you? Not at all. Neither did it. It did not bother me either. I was excited for the prospect, but I was also nervous because I hate One More Day. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that comic book. I hated I hated the the logic behind it. I hated the kind of the the, you know, uh, it felt very executive driven and not story driven. It was just a bad, bad concept and everything else. But regardless, that's the one where they where Peter Parker's identity gets revealed and they like undo his marriage and everything. Well, his identity got revealed in Civil War, which was great. Well, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a cool yeah, yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. I wish they lived in that reality for longer. For Wait, one thing, one more day was after Civil War. Yeah, one more day was after Civil War. So what, what ended up happening is because he was his identity was revealed. Someone I want to say oh, they trying to kill Aunt May. They did kill. Well, they shot her. Yeah, she's and like in the like, hospital and stuff. She was in the hospital. She was dying. And they're like, oh, we need to, you know, he does everything he possibly can to, to see if they can save her life. And they're like, oh, you can't do it. And so he goes and makes a deal with the devil. And he's like, all right, I want your marriage. And they're like, what? And like, I'm going to erase the fact that y'all were ever married. And then your aunt could live. And I got to tell you, man, if somebody like positioned that to me, I don't care if it's my favorite aunt. She's dying. She is 100% dying. I'm not giving up my wife, my children, my marriage for like... Well, yeah. I, I mean, like, I think a better comparison would be like your mom. I'm fine. Bye, mom. <laughs> Deuces. Peace. Enjoy, enjoy the here. afterlife. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to this marriage. I'm, I'm just like, no, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, that, that that always bothered me. I was like, I was like, who makes that choice? Like, if you make that choice, you've got some deep issues in your marriage. I'm yeah, sorry. like deep issues in your marriage and, and just deep issues <sighs> with your aunt. Like, that's bizarre. I know that. You know, that's the other thing, too. You, you got you got some Game of Thrones stuff going on. There. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, it depends on which Aunt May we're talking about here. <laughs> well, well, OK, well, all right. Fair, fair, fair point. Anyway, but I'm talking about the one more. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, I like it tragic for Aunt May to die. But that and that and like if 
if that was the cost of Peter coming forward and he needed to, you know, you know, make some sort of deal there, that's fine. But like the whole, not, the whole idea that like, it's like, we're going to bring her back and it's going to cost your marriage. I just thought was absolutely ridiculous. I thought, yeah. I mean, like I'm sure other people might disagree with me, but I, I thought that was ridiculous. So I hated that show. Or I hated that, that story, but obviously here we're not dealing with the same story that has always tainted the concept of Mephisto for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this break from our sponsors. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But regardless, all right, so so we did not get Mephisto in this. Let's talk about other, I don't want to say bait and switches, but maybe like tee-ups that, that they didn't quite didn't quite knock out of the park. Right? Ralph Boner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan Peters, man, uh, popping up as the recast Pietro. Fantastic concept. Love the idea. <laughs> I was blown away. The internet broke. It was huge. I Yeah, I thought it was great. Like... <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like the, my, you know, the, the ideas of the implications and stuff there were like, oh, I was like, oh wow, like is this is this gonna be, you know? But we hadn't had any multiverse stuff yet. There wasn't a multiverse. Like as we learned in Loki, it's like all of that, you know, none of that was yeah, there. Yeah, but the multiverse is cyclical to some extent. I mean, it's all, yeah, I mean, all right, fair, fair enough. Yes, we did. We didn't quote unquote have the multiverse yet. Yeah. Fine. So, but, but we do now. But we do now. But like that, that's this is this the same same thing. Like Vision died before the snap, so he's not coming back. Evan Peters as Ralph Boner, um, if he does come back and they and they merge those two, you know, universes, like, well, you know, are we gonna get Ian McKellen, Magneto? Are we going for first class? Like, is that what they're gonna bring in? Or are they gonna I bring know. in? It's got tons of qu- look what look what Deadpool did. If you I mean like Deadpool had it where he was rolling into the X uh X-Men uh, mansion. And like behind him is the, you know, first class cast, which doesn't track at all with, you know, where that show falls in the timeline. And so, you know, it's a mess. It's all a mess. Yeah. X-Men universe is a mess. Their multiverse was broken long before this one. Well, they, they kind of fixed it. Oh, they kind of fixed it, but they didn't really. Not fully. Not entirely. Yeah. Deadpool may have actually like, you know, at the end of Deadpool 2, we might have actually seen him establishing... Like I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see a Deadpool show up in the TVA. To be honest, I think that'd have been hilarious. That would have been amazing. I'm actually, I'm kind of hoping that might happen. Like a, a Deadpool Loki team up in season two of Loki. <laughs> that, that and that's how Deadpool enters the MCU. Come on. Yeah, that that might be interesting. That'd be incredible. Uh, all right, so Evan Peters, there you go. The other thing is, uh, man, we got uh, reintroduced to uh, Monica Rambeau, all grown up now and working for Sword. We got kind of the backstory of, you know, obviously her mom perishing off screen. And then, of course, while she was, you know, dusted and, and coming back and kind of readjusting to the world, she also kind of provides an intro to, I think, the viewer who may not has have been up on everything that has been going on. In the universe, I know that some of the folks that I talked to, uh, again, that had not, you know, watched every single one of the Marvel movies, kind of appreciated her storyline as kind of a reintroductory back into the world. And then also, you know, Monica Rambeau, someone who could potentially be Captain Marvel. I don't know. Uh, no, she she she's her own character, and uh, well, she was Captain Marvel in in the comics. I thought she was also uh, another. Photon. She's had a couple of different uh, different uh, names, and obviously she will be in the upcoming uh, Marvels movie. So I'm excited to see kind of like you know where where she goes and what all that dynamic is. I was a little 
you know, a lot of people were really kind of looking to her storyline and her off-screen buddy to potentially introduce a big name character. They kept on talking about, oh, I got a friend who's, you know, makes machines and everything else. And everybody's just kind of sitting back thinking, Reed Richards. Okay, all right, she's about to bring in Reed Richards. And then it wasn't Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did that one make you feel? Honestly, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I, I, I didn't think Reed Richards at all. Really? I think mean, that was... All right, so this is the problem. Twitter messes you up when you watch that. <laughs> this is why I got off Twitter this year. <laughs> so I can enjoy television again. Yeah, no, like, everybody was speculating like crazy that it was going to be either Reed Richards or... Nope, just Reed Richards. Everybody thought it was going to be Reed Richards. Um, I, like, but, I, I didn't see any of that. Like, well, what were the, where were the, what were the clues? Like... I, I mean, like, it was just mostly like she was big upping that she knew somebody, they were working on something. And then like the, the, like the reveal that it's kind of this weird car thing that nobody recognized and didn't really have any kind of meaning to us as an audience felt a little odd because she was building it up. And then on top of that, the people that she was meeting with also felt odd because they didn't, and maybe they should have revealed at that point that those folks were actually scrolls. But because they didn't reveal that, I mean, it was, you know, people were kind of guessing and speculating, but it just, it felt weird as if we as an audience were supposed to be built up for like these folks that she was connecting with and the the machine they were building. And then the machine's kind of a nothing. And then these people are kind of a nothing. And then we're all kind of left a little confused. And then at the end, it's revealed like, oh, okay, these guys were scrolls all along. But I mean, like, I, that's, that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't see... Okay, look, here, here's my deal going on with, with every single Marvel property from here on out. Ignore the comics. Completely. Ignore the I, comics completely. I, 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 okay, all right. I, no, we have 10 I, years of movies and 10 years of in-universe references and 10 years of all of this. Look at that. So, like, who would it make the most sense for Monica Rambeau to be talking about? When's the last time we see her? Oh, she was, you know, dealing with Captain Marvel in the 90s and then Scrolls and stuff. Well, yeah, she's you're right, girl. though. Scrolls would be the right answer. But my point is that they didn't even reveal that to us. I mean, they did, but as like a post credit scene. They didn't, they, they should have, in my opinion, they should have revealed that at the moment that she goes and gets the supercar. I mean, maybe. Did you know? Did you know they were Scrolls? No. Okay. And it didn't bother you? No. Because, I mean, All they right. showed it at the end credits thing. I was like, oh, the yeah, scrolls. Yeah, but you okay, didn't cool. know that at the time. <laughs> it makes I, sense now. It doesn't like, make sense now. It was, it's a WandaVision show. And, you know, Monica's getting her powers here. And we're seeing her kind of origin story there. I thought it was neat to to show her origin. It kind of makes me feel like, well, no, because, I mean, yeah, she'll be she'll be in the Marvels movie. I don't know. So, I just I, here, here's, this, here's the thing, right? Okay, I'm, what's the thing? Hit, hit me. We have these shows and I like the shows and they're good. And they, they seem like they have, impl- I mean, especially with Loki, like clearly there is an implication there that this is going to affect the greater universe. But like what I have to think is that the events in the movies, while they will be impacted by this, like I don't think when new movies come out that the creators of those movies are going to have the expectation that all the audience members are going to have seen every single Marvel property ever. I mildly disagree with you. I just, I just don't think that that is, is something that makes sense. Matt, we are not dealing with agents of shield anymore. Like, I know we're not. no, this, this is, this is no, 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 no. I, 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 I hardcore disagree, man. Like, she was set up in this, like the kids were set up in this, like Captain America or Falcon became Captain America from Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We're getting the, uh, think about, look, all right, Black Widow, great, uh, great uh, example of this. At the end of Black Widow, we're reintroduced to Elaine, who's coming to recruit her sister, evil Elaine, Hydra Elaine, Madam Hydra. Yes, in a, in a post credit scene. Right. And then she's also over on a Disney Plus show recruiting one of the, uh, the U.S. agents. Yes. And so whatever is happening is happening both in the movies and on the television screen. This you got to remember, man. These are the movies that basically, if you didn't watch the end credit scene, you missed a pretty critical component of a lot of other movies. I mean, not not really. A, a, a Captain Marvel shows up at the end of Infinity or at the end at the beginning of Endgame. There's literally no explanation for that except for the end credits of Captain Marvel. Yes, and I, I feel like that was a bad choice on Marvel's part. I agree, but regardless, it happened. I'm saying that we're trained at this point to pay attention to everything and know that all of these components inter- intertwine. What, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that I don't think Lady 
Contessa von blah 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 blah. Elaine. Uh, Elaine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she's just gonna be Elaine. And I apologize. The name is way too long for me to remember, and she's too iconic. She's already played a too iconic of a character. When yeah, when she shows up, I think it's going to be She's like the only I'm sorry, hang on. She's like the only Marvel actress who can show up and still be somebody other than her Marvel character. You know, like when Chris Evans is anything, it's like, oh, it's Captain America as a serial killer. You know? No, absolutely not. I completely disagree with you. Oh, who do you go for Captain for Chris Evans? Uh, like, have you seen any Chris Evans movies? Yeah. Have you seen Knives Out? He is not Captain America in that movie. I said he was a serial killer. Spoilers. Oh yeah, but I, but uh, that's what I'm saying. It's Captain America. It's like I'm saying, like you know, as you know, when I see it on like a poster, I'm like, oh hey, it's Captain America. I'm not saying he's doing the same character. I'm just saying, as a uh, general audience member, I'm like, oh hey, it's Captain America. It's like um uh, the Prestige, Batman versus Wolverine with magic. <laughs> Come on, man! You don't see the you don't see it through that lens. No, I, I I don't I don't go into a movie with an actor thinking that they are their most iconic role. Yeah, so posh you are. Okay, all right. No, I enough. mean it's just it's like, I mean, come on. Like, have you seen? Have you seen? Uh, I mean, I, this movie came out before a lot of that, but Scott um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, I did. Yeah. that he fought Superman and Captain America in that one. He, he didn't, Henry Cavill's not in that movie. Yeah, not, not Henry Cavill, the other Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 Brandon Routh. So Brandon technically, Routh. he also fought, fought the Adam. Well, and like, and, <laughs> yeah, and like, like, like that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's 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 not like Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie that he's in. No, I'm not saying they're the same characters. I'm just saying that, like, you know, promotionally, mentally, it's just hard for me to disconnect. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you look at a movie poster and it's Chris Evans, and you're like, why is Captain America? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I don't like Tom Cruise has one character that he plays and it's Tom Cruise um, sure. with, the, with the exception of Tropic Thunder when he was Les Goldman. And uh, <laughs> that was like that was the most range he's ever exhibited, uh, I think, ever. Uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah, like, yeah, I no, I, I don't I don't. I don't think that these. I yeah. All right, all right, all right. You're better than me. It's fine. You've you've established. There's nothing this. about being better. It's just the, the actors' performances are are completely different. Let's talk about some actors' performances who did a, a fantastic job in this. And uh, I'm talking about Randall Park and Cat uh, Dennings. Uh, man, these two uh, pulling in from the the C the C team from Ant Man and Thor. <laughs> like which I, I love them in this they were great loved them so much in this man like would love for them to get uh you know their own their own show to some extent like absolutely great use of these characters and i love the the notion of tying uh the universe in through kind of some of these i mean i i think it's fair to say background characters i mean grant granted uh, uh woo was more of a background character than uh darcy but at the same time like very well used here yeah, well, I mean, in, in uh, Ant Man and Wasp, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's side character, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed up like twice. Like he didn't really like. It's like he was, three he, times. Come on, four times. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad. Darcy was more of an active character in in uh, in Thor. From that oh yeah, of course. But anyway, point is that uh, you know, great great use of these characters. Was really excited to uh, to have them back. And and yeah, like let's. Uh, I, I I don't know what they're. <laughs> I don't know if it's Darcy and Wu or what their what their uh, Disney Plus show would be, but would would love to see them kind of as the kind of the background characters of the Marvel universe or something <laughs> like that. I'd want to include Monica in that, except she's going to go off uh, avenging. She's I think she's she's headed towards greatness. Um, what did you think, by the way, of her getting essentially her powers activated through the hex? Well, you know, it, it seems like now we have all of our new Avengers are pretty much powered by infinity stones um is that true yeah captain marvel got her powers from the tesseract monica rambeau got her powers from wanda who got her powers from the mind stone mm, the mind stone activated her powers but she was the she was the scarlet witch before that yeah yeah no she got so it was the chaos magic and kind of and, and more accurately it's the way in which it was manipulating kind of the you know i forget the pseudoscience term for it and everything else but basically the the field that she had to go through was like these cosmic energies it's like rewriting so, her her dna and stuff yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't say infinity stones for her yeah yeah i guess that makes sense I and i also that. think that it's more of like activating something within her as opposed to like you know like she had the potential to do that my guy what i mean is that other people who went back and forth through the field as many times as she did probably would not come out with the same power set yeah i think there was some kind of like 
did they mention something about her mom and having like something special about her and then because i know like when they did some scans on her when she went through the first time they were looking at her and they're like yeah there's something interesting in here in your in your scan uh, maybe you shouldn't go back through it again and i i don't know if anybody else had that like interesting thing in their in their scan and i don't i for some reason i recall it being something to do with her mother yeah, they, there was a lot kind of that they were playing close to the chest with her. And my guess is, you know, to to your credit, Bell, I mean, it may be that they're kind of keeping some of that so that they explained it in the movie. Exactly. And that's my point. All right. All right. All right. That's we'll my see. point is that we'll when Elaine comes back, when we see Monica again, we're going to get details more in, like like uh, uh, much more uh, uh, details, be it, you know, uh, exposition or whatever about these characters than we're getting in the shows, because I don't feel like. While the shows introduce things and they're great bonuses for for us fans who like want to see this kind of stuff, like you said, you you knew a lot of people who hadn't seen all the Marvel movies, and so they were confused as to like where character A and character B came from and stuff like that. So like that's that's why I think that um, the shows are but great. That's on them. There's great movies out there for them to enjoy. I just got done with the rewatch through with my with my kids. We just finished Endgame. Yeah, I mean for sure. Like, but what I'm saying is, is that sure you can like expand on things and stuff like that in these shows and like hint at different things that are coming, like we've done in uh, in Loki. But I think for the most part, we're going to get full-blown explanations of all this stuff in the movies themselves. Yeah, I mean... And and there's going to be references to the shows here and there that won't really, like, impact moviegoers. Mm. But that we, as people who have enjoyed the shows and watched them, are going to be like, oh, snap! That was cool. Okay, all right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think time will tell. Time will tell. We've got Shang-Chi right around the corner here. I'm super excited about. Yeah, I did not put that into my calculations when I was trying to figure out what our content lineup was going to be during the summer break. So we'll have a panel to screen review of that coming out very, very soon. With Shang-Chi, from what I understand, there's, there's two in-trailer scenes in it. I don't know what they're about. One imagines it does tie them into the grander universe. I'm way more excited for that than I am the Eternals. Like, I wish I was excited for The Eternals, but I haven't really gotten there yet. I'm the same way. I I like martial arts movies. Um, I like really beautifully choreographed fight scenes and stuff. And just some of the things I've seen, like Simu Liu... I believe that's how you're pronouncing it. The guy who's playing Shang Chi, right? The, the stuff that he's doing in some of the in some of the the trailers, like it's it's like throwbacks, like all my favorite Jackie Chan movies from like the 80s and 90s and stuff. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna yeah. be fun. And the, the other thing too is you can, I mean, we know this. I mean, going into it, it's it very much is into your philosophy of like, look, forget the comics; they're gonna do their own thing. And I love the way they're taking kind of a, a little known character like Shang Chi and combining that with a you know pseudo problematic character like the the uh, Mandarin and kind of merging the lore there and kind of creating this new interpretation of uh, of essentially, I mean, you know, a, a character that has its basis in the comics, but much like other you know, like especially around the Guardians of the Galaxy and that sort of thing, we're seeing a new interpretation, essentially a brand new character uh, introduced in the MCU here. And so I'm I'm really really excited for it. Looks epic. Looks awesome. We'll have that coming out your way uh, fairly soon. Now, one last thing we need to talk about is the kids, Billy and Tommy. Of course, these kids will eventually grow up in the comics anyway to be part of the Young Avengers and will, I would assume, end up being a pretty, you know, pretty major, uh, I guess, story plot in the upcoming Doctor Strange film. What do you think about the kids? I mean, yeah. So we have a speedster and we have a telepath kind of kid. Yeah. It, it was. I guess it wasn't super clear what his situation was, right? With Wiccan. Yeah. I mean, in theory, his powers are similar to his mom's. Obviously, not quite to the, her level, but you know, have some kind of magic connectivity to it. Yeah. So he's getting the the chaos kind of magic stuff. Well, so here's another question. So the, okay, so we know the uh, from 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 Wandavision, we know that the Infinity Stone did not give Wanda her powers, but unlocked that chaos magic that was already within her. Sure. Um, what about Pietro? Uh, Did it unlock his mutant X gene? It may have unlocked his mutant X gene. I'm not giving up on them being mutants, man. <laughs> I'm really not. Especially now that X Men's in the fold, I'm like, nah, I think, I think we might, I think we might get some reveals. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know very much about the kids from the comics. Um, I thought, I thought they did, I thought they did great. I thought their performances were good. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what what happens with them in the future. But one thing though, and we we talked about in our Black Widow review, we talked about Elaine and whether or not we thought we were going to see like a Dark Avengers kind of thing or a Hammer mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, but we we didn't mention Sword at all. Sword shows up in Wandavision. Yeah, yeah, they show up in Wandavision. I and think so- they're probably going to show up again. In the Marvels. In the Marvels, you think? Yeah. I mean, anything dealing with space. 
Yeah. Space. But I just think it's neat that we're getting these, you know, organizations from the comics after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and to sort of like fill in there. And we don't really know what S.W.O.R.D.'s all about. They seem kind of like worse than S.H.I.E.L.D., even though S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated with Nazis. They're <laughs> right. they're they're less. With Nick Fury at the helm, he was kind of like, you know, the, we're for the greater good kind of thing. But S.W.O.R.D. Sword kind of seems like, let's just kill everybody and make weapons and be secretive and jerks about it. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I think um, who knows, man. Maybe we'll see. Maybe sword will be the basis for what will end up becoming hammer. Um, more so than you know, shield or or you know something else. I I I'm I'm I I hate to say it. I've kind of forgotten about sword to some extent. Just because like other than this show, it really hasn't played in anywhere else. You know, we didn't get any major mention of it in. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, there was no real need to connect it in with Loki. At this stage in the game, obviously with uh, Black Widow, that was a very grounded story. Um, so yeah, we we haven't been dealing with aliens yet. Maybe in the Internals, it might come back in at that point. But or when we start seeing more scrolls, that's true. Once we start seeing more scrolls, you'd imagine that uh, Agent Sword would be a, or the you know Sword would be a a pretty big. Uh, um, factor. It's possible, Matt. We might see it with Eternals. Yeah, I mean, because they 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 seem sort of alien esque. I mean, they they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're from outer space, and they came and they uh, to fight the deviants and and watch us all die for millennia. Yeah, thanks, Eternals. <laughs> but I mean, do you think there's going to be any connection between Elaine and Sword? Because like that, that's kind of where I thought if they're going to bring Sword in, it's going to be with like uh, Elaine and what she's doing, building her own secret Avengers kind of team. And, and that'll be like a branch of Sword, just like how the Avengers initiative was a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., her Dark Initiative or, or Dark Avengers or, you know, whatever you want to call them are going to be right. part of Sword. I mean, it, it's possible. Uh, that would make some sense. I, we'll we'll just have to see. I don't I don't know. They're, they've grown in a very different direction with Sword um, in the show than obviously they did with the comics. Um, so as you say, forget what you know. Yeah, yeah. Right, there you go. All right, WandaVision overall, man, out of five. What do you think? Man, that's tough. So are, are we are we doing these out of five, like based off of the other shows? No, nah, I mean like you know just whatever you're feeling at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, you know the, the our solid uh, professional process that we put this through, man. Uh, of course, you know in the cinematography and yada yada yada. No, man. How do you feel? Five, five, out of, five out of five stars. What do you give it? Oh, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It was really imaginative and interesting at the beginning, the way they did all the stuff there. Um, it, it kind of turned into more of a normal mar- Marvel um, a thing at the end, but it was, it was still neat and, and you know expanded the universe of what we had. And um, we got an introduction to a new character, Scarlet Witch, who's really kind of been there all along, but not really. I don't know. I'm going to have to say like a 3.8. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I love this show. I, I loved it almost thoroughly. The only real criticism I have is some of the stuff they did with Monica. You know, I, I have no problem with the show letting Wanda get away with it. I have kind of a problem with Monica being so cool <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with it all too. Like I'm down with her having like gone in to save Wanda and to kind of like empathize with her, especially with, kind of the trauma she was experiencing with her mom and everything. But at the end of it, there was kind of this like, like, yeah, you know, uh, peace out. That's all good. And it's like, ah, she just enslaved an entire like village and, you know, tortured people. And I I don't know. There was something about that that didn't sit sit right with me. And then also, like I said, it felt like they were building something with her storyline that never really fully paid off. I don't know. Maybe maybe they were going in a direction they ultimately decided they want to wait until she's in, in the films to go with. I don't know. But one way or the other, that it uh, that was the one little, I guess, criticism I have. But overall, I absolutely love this series, man. I thought it was so good. I, on the one hand, I wish we were getting more. On the other hand, I'm glad we're not because this was perfect and in, in, in exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it set out exactly to do what it wanted to do. We have this uh, really interesting character focused story with Wanda and Vision. Yeah, there are a couple disappointing uh, untied loose ends, but I think those are going to really have an impact in the rest of the MCU when we see what happens with Wanda. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where that's going to come. I, I, I don't honestly. Yeah, maybe I don't I don't want to see another show. I want to see Wanda back to the big screen uh, with her new chaos powers becoming like a real threat, you know? 
Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's our thoughts on WandaVision. But what are your thoughts? Uh, head over to Flash TV Talks uh, a Twitter handle and let us know. Uh, we got some more things headed your way out, by the way, during this break. I want to go ahead and kind of address some of the questions that we've already got in. Uh, yes, we are going to continue the Earth 90 Flash. Uh, so those episodes will be coming down the line. But we also want to knock out some of these Disney Plus shows. We want to do kind of a retrospective or at least a review of uh, Captain America or rather Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Spoilers as well as Loki um, as kind of a season in review. Uh, we'll also have a panel to screen coming out here for Shang-Chi. Probably, I guess that might actually be next or either that or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not sure which one will be next, but one way or the other, we got some quality Marvel talk to present you. And then we'll also be going into our Earth, back into our Earth 90 series before we pick back up in season eight of The Flash. Look, there's a lot of things coming. We've got some really exciting news to share with y'all as we get a little bit further into the break here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, look for some good stuff. And until then, be sure to follow Bell at Ring.Bell or follow the show at Flash TV Talk. All that information and more can be found at tvtalk.fm. That's going to do it for us for this week. But for me, for Bell, for Bell's mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> have a WandaVision kind of day. Stay tuned. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.